Frank, it is that time of the year. It is the time that nobody is at work, which means we get to play. Well, that's not true at all, actually. I, I set this arbitrary deadline of trying to release this new app before Christmas. And well, you know how it is, like Apple shuts down for the holiday season. And so I set this arbitrary deadline. So I've actually been working my butt off, but... I'm not sure I'm going to make the deadline, so let's just ignore that and let's get on to we're not doing anything this holiday season. It's true. I mean, I would also say that I've been pretty busy myself. I obviously just got back from the honeymoon, but I'm in Boston right now. I'm getting ready to fly home. I have tons of meetings and it all leads to ahead, which is that Christmas and New Year's are in a very weird, wacky date, which they're in Wednesday. Which means that, yeah, do you take the days off before or after? And then we get the day before Christmas. But then what about New Year's? And honestly, I work at Microsoft and there's a lot of people that have been there for a long time, especially in the .NET team area. And we have a lot of time. And like no one in the US, I feel, takes a lot of time off during the year. So it all comes to a head, which is December and nobody's around. So it's starting to slow down and I'm starting to like squeak in any little thing because what I want to do over my holidays is basically write more code. That's kind of what I want to do. <laughs> uh, write more code guilt-free where you're not doing anything. I think even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's still a very disruptive time of the year and no one else is bothering to work. So yeah, you get a little bit of time off. I it, It's a fun mixture for me because I always say I want to do all these little projects. But the truth is I usually just end up chit-chatting with family, eating too much food and doing nothing. But every so often I get bored enough and work on a little project or something. And yeah, so we, we've done this before. We've talked about our holiday hacks. Uh, did, did we ever finish any of our holiday hacks? <laughs> uh, we should really go back and re-review it. I mean, I, I, I like to think that our holiday hacks are projects that we've always wanted to do, projects we want to finish, or things that we just want to tinker with. And it's okay if you don't finish your holiday hacks. The goal for me has always been, and you could be different, you know, my my goal was to do something that was something that I wouldn't do at work normally. That was my goal of my holiday hacks. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I have a decent rule with myself of I'm allowed to hack on anything during the weekend. I try not to work on my for realsies apps during the week. That's kind of the work-life balance I try to strike, even though my hobbies include programming, which is quite self-destructive. <laughs> but um, so I, I normally keep that difference. But this is the guilt-free. I have lots of time. I've probably been drinking a little bit of wine. Let's see what happens with this code yeah and i've had some really great things come out of holiday hacks i created meetup manager over a holiday hack oh. i created my scoreboard application over a holiday hack i uh, what else did i do over my holiday hacks i think maybe i had started with some iot things possibly uh maybe they didn't go very far but i know that in the last five or six years i did complete two apps fully. And I and I want to think wow. that last year I took the year off because I was traveling the entire time. And this year I'm not. I'm not traveling at all. 
Wow. So you're, you're going to be a Seattle native for the holiday season. That's awesome. I actually love this time of the year. We get about like six hours of daylight during the day and it's all nighttime. <laughs> and so I really, I, I love this time of the year. But for me, I'm traveling. I'm going down to the fine state of Alabama here in the U.S. I'm going to spend a week there around the holiday season. Yes. And while Frank loves it right now in Seattle, Everybody else, by the way, despises it right now because it honestly, you wake up and it's dark and you get home from work and it's dark. It doesn't make any sense. The days at all. But we are coming to the shortest day and now it's just going to all uphill from here, Frank. It's all uphill for me and downhill for you. So there is yeah. there is our one merge conflict, Frank. We found it. We found it. <laughs> We found one during the holiday season, huh? I mean, I mean, daylight is overrated, James. It's that simple. The the night is comfortable. It hides things. It's pleasant. Oh okay. well, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, here's where I'm starting. So I have multiple things that I really want to hack on this holiday, this Christmas time, and the first one is an app because. I have been working and grinding on my Twitch streams on Fridays on my Hanselman application. And it, it's been nearly a year that I've worked on almost every single Friday, and it's really coming along, <laughs> and I've learned a lot, which means I can now scaffold applications much, much faster, theming, all this stuff. I can just copy, paste, go to town. Now... About a year and 10 months ago, I hurt my back, Frank. Do you remember when I couldn't mm. move and I fell on the floor in pain and had to go and get painkillers? I do, but this is also a recurring thing in your life, or was it just a one-time incident? So it happened once. However, that pain has never gone away. Ah, pleasant. Fine. Yes. It, it seems to re-spark up randomly if I make a wrong turn mm. or I do a wrong thing or I sit weird or lay the wrong way. It's never to the pain that it was. However, it is still around. So about four months ago, it was coming back pretty strong. And Heather found some online lower back pain stretches for me to do. And they're called the McKenzie Method. And it's seven stretches that you can do. You should do them all the time. I started doing them and it honestly really fixed my back. I would do them mm -hmm. for a week straight, multiple times a day, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and it really, really helps. So every time I'm back in there, I'll just do a few of the stretches, and boom, I'm good to go. Now, it hasn't solved it, but it's still there. And the problem that I had was that it was just a YouTube video, and for me to learn this or to figure it out, I was watching this doctor you know, show how to do these exercises. And I always wanted to create an application that would walk through solving lower back pain with this McKenzie method and would allow me to track my reps, how many times I did it a day, have little timers, little countdowns in it, which doesn't seem that complicated to do, except for I'm not sure how I will do the animations, the videos, or other bits and pieces. And that's sort of the fun of it. My hack will really be not just building the app, but building the animations. So figuring out the software that I can build to either do little stick figurines or little mannequins or some software that will help me 
generate these GIFs that I can put into my application to show the users how to do these stretches successfully. And it's sort of a, a multi-hack because the application building, yes, but the animation process is going to be something new. And I think that's the fun of the hack is I've built apps before, but I haven't done animations like this before. And that's what really intrigues me. This isn't a hack. This is a one-year project, James. <laughs> James. Okay, let's rewind. Um, during all of that, I was writing down notes, and I started with, is he going to include videos? Is he going to include animations? And then you said, yes, I'm going to include videos and animations. And I'm like, is this going to be a tracking app? And he says, yes, this is going to be a tracking app. Is this also going to be a tutorial app? It turns out, yes, James, it's also a tutorial app. Good luck. Good luck. I hope your uh, holiday season lasts for 12 months. Um, Sounds easy. <laughs> my, my plan uh, is to do it in three days, Frank. Three days. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll be positive here. Um, I, I, what kind of animations are you thinking of? Like literally stick figures? Or I, I, I think the easier way is just shoot a bunch of videos of you doing the stretches. But which one? So I have a few options here. And I would love your input. So I could draw stick figures. I could do them myself. Then you have to look at me. That's kind of weird. Or <laughs> I was thinking of maybe going to an art shop and getting one of those little mannequins, you know, the little mannequin oh. thingies. Mm, yeah. I Figurines, like that. The, 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 yeah, the bendable the posable. Yeah. yeah. That could work. That could work because then you wouldn't have like clothes hiding key bone positions and things like that. Maybe you could just go full skeleton. That'd be kind of awesome too. Mm. Um, but practically speaking, yeah, but are you going to go get a mannequin during your holiday season? Are they on, maybe someone will give it to you as a gift. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe that'd be a bonus. <laughs> that'd be a bonus. Okay. Uh, so, uh, are, are you thinking about the tracking side too? Are you serious about that? Or mostly you just want to do better than the YouTube videos out there? Okay. So realistic holiday hack. Let, now let, no, I just told you the pipe dream and Frank just <laughs> destroyed my holiday. So let's I, get I'm down. sorry. I'm sorry. This is what I do. Whenever someone pitches me an app, I'm like, let me list the hundred of ways that this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I believe the realistic part would be to scaffold out, allowing you to select the seven different exercises and then just describe them. Like that's the starting point. Just here's how you do them and maybe show the animations there and then. Done. Okay. Day, day one, day one, table view <laughs> pushes yep. to a navigation, shows a yes. text box, maybe a picture. Yes. Okay. How do you think? Sounds How's good. that feel? Does that feel good? Yeah. Day one. Yeah. You can get that done. Where are you going to go from there? I guess day two would be the animation part of it. So uh -oh. either <laughs> taking the camera work, doing the poses, putting them into some software. If I do it that way, then that's easy because it's just a series of, of photos, you know, set up a little white backdrop or a green screen backdrop and then um, put it into the application. That, that could be quite See, fun. That, that part seems really fun, actually. And um, yeah, I would get like uh, friends involved because no one wants to just see you all the time. So like try to get your friends to come over, give them some wine and be like, hey, we're going to do some back stretches and I'm going to put you into an app. That sounds fun, <laughs> <There you actually. laughs> I And now we all know what I'm doing on Christmas for after Christmas. We've all eaten all the turkey 
All right, let's do some back stretches. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, now it's a group activity. You're not being an isolationist. This is perfect. Yeah. I like this. And then, yeah, yeah, day three becomes the tracking. Maybe starting with just a timer because there are some activities where you need to set a timer. And this was the challenge for me is there's some where you're like, hold this position for four minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, when do oh, I gosh. know when four minutes is done? So I'd have no to one set wants a to hold a position for four minutes. Are you sure this is torture? This isn't no, torture. Four minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Four. four three or four minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then very nice calendar. Okay. Then calendar. Then calendar. What's a calendar? Because then you want to make sure that you checked off how many times you've done it a day. Oh, so it's okay. We right. recommend you Positive doing this feedback. You got to yes. gamify it. You got to mm. put rankings in there. Let people submit to iCloud. No, this is perfect. This is a good app because uh, you can throw up all your videos up on a server. The app is going to be actually very small. You can have fun. Keep it simple. I like it. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. So one for James. Ding, 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 ding. All right. <laughs> uh, to hack one. Now, that that is that is probably my biggest one. And I will talk about my smaller ones next. But what do you have for me as your first holiday hacked? Idea, idea, idea. Because we're yeah, going to come back, yeah. people, and let you know if we actually did anything. I don't have anything nearly as thought out as you. I'm not a great planner. Plus, I've just been working to finish a new app. So the thought of starting a new app just kind of gives me shivers right now. <laughs> like, do you remember how much work releasing an app is? I don't release brand new apps often enough to remember. But gosh, it's a lot of work to release a new app. I, <sighs> I will say, Frank, that part of the holiday hack will not be it should not be releasing the app because <laughs> right. that is a that is a hack in itself. So um, yes, let me let me correct my previous hacks, which were Meetup Manager and the Scoreboard app. Those were finished code wise for beta testing. Yeah. Okay. Did you and set then, up DevOps? <laughs> then months later, then months yeah. later, the the rest was finished. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna get a little bit nerdy here. We're going into robotics, James. Ready for this? I'm ready. There. Yeah. There are these motors called linear actuators. So normally a motor, spinny, spinny, spinny. Right. Mm -hmm. Linear actuator through mechanics and a gearbox and a little thing is um, push and pull like a rod. So like um, think of a hydraulic cylinder, but mm -hmm. without all the hydraulics, it's electrical. Now, why are these interesting? Because um, it turns out if you want to make a walking robot, there's no motor strong enough to just be the hip or just mm -hmm. be the knee. What you want to do is build artificial muscles, and these are the linear actuators because you can force them to get long and force them to get shorter. Big hunks now, of metal, is, they're heavy. This is similar to perhaps the um, actuator that's in my door. I'm thinking like in my door so that it doesn't slam close. There's like a big piston and a small piston that goes in and out. It's similar? Yes. I mean, I'm looking exactly. at a photo. Similar. Yes, exactly. The difference is that one most likely has oil inside of it. Uh, so it'd be a hydraulic cylinder. These are nice because there's no, uh, usually you'd have pneumatic, which is what you would have in the car. Uh, something that maybe keeps your hood up or uh, people have these on boats all the time to just lift things and keep them held up there. Uh, those could be pneumatic, meaning they use air. 
hydraulic, meaning you use oil or a liquid. A linear actuator is just uh, a gearbox that accomplishes all this with an electrical motor. So no liquids, no air pressures, none of that, just electricity, good old-fashioned electricity. And so they're a key component to making modern robotics because we don't want hydraulic systems around. They're loud and gross. This reminds me of when I was in Ikea and they have an actuator that is like depressing on one of their chairs to show you how many sits it it can take. And it just like presses it down and presses it down and presses it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, you just made me think when you said Ikea, uh, a standing desk, those magical mm. electrical standing desks. That's essentially what I'm talking about here. So the problem is... <laughs> Why do I want one? Um, yes. The goal here <laughs> is to give a robot enough strength that it can jump. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to do an MIT a... robotics here, Boston Robotics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a game to be played here where you're, um, you know, a bigger motor definitely gives you more power, but they're heavier, meaning you got to lift more. And these actuators are expensive. They range anywhere between $100 and $1,000. The actuators on the Boston Dynamics Spot robot, those things are like three grand a piece. And so <laughs> I don't want to pay that. <laughs> but they make cheaper ones and you can get um, uh, stuff manufactured overseas if you're willing to wait a long time. The problem is there's just such a large selection. And so I want to write a program where I can give it all the specs of all these different actuators, and it designs the size of the robot and selects the actuators to get one that has the most, you know, muscle per mass of the robot. So I want to write a robot designing app to optimize my next robot. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. So this is going to be a an app or this is going to be a it's not an app if nothing else it's a script you know it's script. just something i'm going to run on the command line but it's going to take some work because it has to do a little bit of physical simulation i have to go troll around the internet to see what spec motors i can get you know there are some simple things i know uh the faster the motor the better it's as simple as that the faster a robot can move its legs the more energy it can impart and jump and do all that kind of stuff. So I want fast ones. But, you know, I have to go on eBay, Amazon, blah, 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 you know, and go find all these things, make a list of them, write this program, put them through an optimizer, hope it doesn't take too long, and see what it spits out for a robot. Very nice. And this seems like a good hack because if you're traveling away, you don't have to have a lot of stuff necessarily. Not You don't need the robot there to actually build this script, correct? Exactly. It's just on a computer. Even if I don't have internet access, I can just make up parts to throw into it to make sure that the optimizer is working. And then as I narrow it down and decide which parts, like... Uh, you know, uh, I don't want the optimizer to come up with a robot that has a 10 foot leg. It's just, it's not going to work. And so, you know, you have to put limits in and it's going to be a fun little program to design. When I was a kid, I was watching some TV show 
where um, they said that the, gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting the plane's name, the F-18 fighter, the funny looking stealth one. Am I right there? Uh, sounds correct. F F fifteen. Oh, not eight, not eighteen. What am I saying? F one fifteen. Whatever. The diamond shaped black stealthy fighter. It's it's crazy looking. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. F one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I can't remember its name. <laughs> its designation now. But everyone, the little black thing that looks scary. Uh, I was watching a TV show and they said computers designed it to optimize for this and that. And ever since then, I just love the concept of feeding optimization problems to computers and seeing what designs they come up with. Hopefully it'll be a cool looking robot, but if nothing else, it'll be an interesting learning opportunity to see what the computer comes up with. I like that. I like that. I like that. It seems Seems uh, right up your alley, I would say. Robotics, scripting languages, scraping data from the internet, basically yeah. Frank Krieger written all over it. Yeah, this, this is what I'd be doing if I didn't have to uh, make a living and actually release <laughs> software. <laughs> you know, I, I, the next hack I kind of want to do is not an app. So I'm done with apps. There's There are two other things I want to do. And the first one here is... A play on the previous holiday hack that I had, except for very, very simple. I recently got a meadow board from our good friends at Wilderness Labs. I don't know if you've heard of this company. Yes, sir. Well, Wilderness Labs is uh, Brian Constantich's company, uh, but it's uh, multiple awesome people, a lot of Xamarin's, and they're all big IoT nerds, and they've gotten together. And before they were releasing uh, new Netduinos, but now they've got their new board out, the Meadow board, and it's a much more capable device, runs .NET code. It's a gorgeous little board. It, it's tiny and black, but is very sophisticated. Uh, I'm obviously quite in love with it. Uh, so now you please continue. <laughs> yes. And I got the Kickstarter because we we'd even pitched the Kickstarter here uh, as well uh, when they when they were doing it. And I got the full pro kit. So I have the hundred dollar kit of a bunch of stuff in it, the board, the things, and it's just been sitting in the closet, it's just sitting there. It's just oh, no. sitting there. Yep. I mean, I I was I was not in the I was not in the zone to start tinkering with it. However, that's probably good because now there's probably more stuff that I can do with it. So I have. Two goals. So it's one hack, but two goals around this board. The first hack is blink a light, Frank. That's all I need <laughs> to do. Just blink a light. Because that means I have gotten the thing installed. I've understand the SDK and I've done the thing. But here is the true hack. I've recently gotten back into um, roasting coffee at home. Nice. And... Yes. And I like where I bought, this is going. <laughs> I, I bought a new extension for the Fresh Roast 500 that gives it a bigger air chamber that helps circulate the air better. Hmm. Now, so these are like in the spectrum of we have ovens, then we have dehumidifiers. A roaster is somewhere between those two, I guess. You can. So uh, if you, I'm going to send you a link in our Zencaster currently. Right now, I just Googled the first one, Fresh Roast 500. You can uh, think of it as a professional grade popcorn popper, but <laughs> for roasting, okay? And it has 
you can you can adjust the temperature and the airflow strength to do I your see. roasting. It's it's quite a bit smaller than I was thinking because I was thinking of a full size oven. Instead, think someone put a coffee mug and they're heating up some coffee beans in it. Yeah, it handles about four and a half ounces with my extension that we I got. It goes up to about seven ounces, which is very good. That's almost a half a pound of beans, which is very very good. Okay. Um, and you can control, yeah, the fan speed, the temperature, but there's not a lot else in there. <laughs> However, wouldn't it be great if you could monitor the temperature, you can monitor the humidity inside of this, you could then write down notes to say, when I did this, this was the temperatures throughout. You could feed that data into something, chart it, graph it, and then compare that data if you then roast it again, because sometimes I wrote roast and maybe it's more humid and maybe that's impacting the end result of the beans. I don't know at this point. Uh, so I would like to I believe there's a bunch of little gizmos and gadgets. Now, I might not get very far, but I would like to get to the point where I can start to read some data, at least, from some of the sensors on this Wilderness Labs meadow board to then perhaps get something to put in and feed it into the inside of the chamber and start reading data from the inside of the roaster. I think that would be very cool. Awesome. Awesome. I thought at first you were going to automate it. I thought you were going to build mm. like an assembly line of something feeding beans in, something roasting beans, and then a conveyor belt going to a coffee brewer, and then another conveyor belt to your mouth. Mm. But um, I guess that didn't happen. I guess I'd be in an industrial, not artisanal <laughs> coffee making. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool. Uh, sensors. Sensors. Sensors are fun. They are not too hard. Um, you can get complicated sensors that give you temperature and humidity simultaneously, or you can split them apart from each other and then achieve them in different ways. I don't know what exactly came with your kit, but a fun pro tip for people out there, if you ever want to make a temperature sensor, it's really easy. Get two pieces of wire, solid conductor, so like, you know, hunks of copper, twist the two copper ends together. Put them down on a metal table, slam a hammer against them, and there, mm -hmm. you made a temperature sensor. <laughs> you, you did a cold weld uh, between the two wires, which creates um, some amount of resistance. Put a resistor and pipe with, in, in line with that and attach that to a microcontroller, and you can tell the temperature of a room. Or you can buy one for $10 off Amazon. It's just whichever preference you have. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, I like your idea about the robotics, by the way. Now, this would be more than a holiday hack because I have – so there's a few things that happen in the in the roasting cycle. You you sort of amp up the heat and you amp up the you, – you, you, you put it on lower heat but high fan to start roasting it. And then you wait until it gets this first crack basically and and it makes a sound. So if you could audibly – measure that sound and then say, okay, now it's time to turn and maybe do an alarm or do something else. But ideally what you could really have is a little robot there, little robot arms that are turning the <laughs> dial and moving the lever up and down for you at, at timed intervals. It's almost timed 
to be honest with you. So you put in the beans, you say go, and then the little robot does all the adjustments for you. Now, that would be pretty cool. Based on all the other temperature reading, too, at the same time, you could do that. That's way more than a holiday hack. I just want to read some temperature data at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that works. Uh, but I'm just staring at the control panel of it. I'm pretty sure if you just rip that panel off, you could tap into all that pretty easily. But uh depends on how much you want to do to your $179 not oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Heather might be a little upset with me because she did get that for me as a Christmas gift two years ago. So. Yeah. So ripping it apart. I don't know what Minimize. Yeah. It's it's usually my goal. I, I love automating things, but I try not to destroy them in the process. I try not to destroy any of the original functionality. Always hard, yeah. though. Always hard. And I like how you're listening for a sound. So it really is a popcorn popper. That's cute. It truly is. And at the very, very end, when you're almost done, it is. Is it really? hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get it's 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 all of that, um, ever all that stuff is just kind of it's it's roasting like it's roasting like a kettle of corn at, at the end of the day. That's really what happens, and uh, it, it's it's fun to watch. It's amazing. I mean, it only takes eight minutes, and then boom, you have coffee. It's it's spectacular. So that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool and cheap and cheap. Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to automate anything this year. I don't think I'll be at my parents' house. So I, I don't think they'll appreciate me tearing too many things apart, though. I kind of want to, of course. Uh, instead, my last holiday hack is going to be an open source library, James, because I don't have enough of those. I need to, <laughs> I need to release more libraries and deal with them and all that this one is uh i actually i uh mentioned it before in our lightning round uh from a week or two ago maybe last week who knows <laughs> um it is a machine learning library i got it in into this episode machine learning is here so apple has a really nice machine learning stuff called metal performance shaders but the uh the api is not the most pleasant thing to use i wanted a simpler one a more dotnet one something that was actually more like the other libraries out there that i already know and can understand and so i actually already spent a fair amount of time working on this library and in classic programmer fashion, it's 90% done. <laughs> but uh, after taking uh, some time off away from it, I realized I've made some mistakes along the way. And so what I want to do, it's actually kind of funny, the mistakes I made, James. So I, I was in a lot of ways, I was copying an API of another library that I like. But along the way, I'm like, I can improve upon this API, James. There, I can th do better. Yeah. They may obviously this class should be inherited from this one that would enable this functionality and you should be able to do this and this part should be more generic over here. Um, no, <laughs> I, I'm going to take all that junk out and just go back to what the other API was because I realized, yes, I had made it more general and there was a certain elegance to the way I did it. Um, it was kind of beautiful. After taking a month off of not using it, I couldn't remember how to use it. And that is a sure sign that your API sucks. <laughs> if you can't remember how to use your own API, then scrap it. And so over my holiday hack, I'm going to fix this library. 
I like it. I like it. And then you can bring it back and let another month pass and then boom, <laughs> see if you can reuse it again. It's kind of like a, that is a good way to just really stress test out an API and see how, how you like it or not. Yeah. And it, it, it it's the slow way, I guess, <laughs> but you're, you're trying to fast forward, like instead of having a version one and a version two and having a billion breaking APIs, there's no reason for me to release this library or even tell anyone about it until I'm pretty sure that it's stable. And definitely until I myself have been able to write, you know, at least a couple networks with it. But if I find it frustrating to build one network with it and I wrote the library, <laughs> that's not good. And so I'm excited because I I really appreciate good APIs and I think it'll be... Um, It'll be nice for myself to have this library done. <laughs> so I'm, I, I would like to do it. That makes sense. And and I would say too, I've, de- I've definitely written a lot of libraries and pushed them out fast. And I sort of come back to regret them because then there's there's features that you want, there's features that other people want. And then you kind of regret like, oh, do I do this? Or can I break it? Can I not? Like I release a NuGet package and five people are using it. I guess I can't break the API anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh. Semver says I have to start over and no, yeah, it, it's just not worth it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I hope, uh, I hope we'll do a podcast about it if I ever do finish it and stabilize the API because I think it's pretty cool. It should enable um, some really high-performance training on Macs that, frankly, isn't really possible out right now. So I think it'll be really cool. I like it. That sounds pretty cool. I like that. Uh, well, something that is a little bit out of my zone, so the last hack. Now, there's a lot of hacks here, and these are all the ideas <laughs> that I've been having, and doesn't mean I'm going to do them all, but this one is most likely the one that I could actually complete. So I don't get a lot of time to play around with languages outside of C sharp. So I don't play a lot around with F sharp unless I'm forced to. Uh, I don't, don't, don't dabble in the VB.net and I don't often play around with other programming languages. And why is this bad, Frank? Why is this bad? You're actually asking me um, because it means you're not growing. It, it, it's that simple. Different programming languages offer you different perspectives. That's not to say there's a lot of repetition. Like, I'm curious to see what language you're about to mention because I've gotten to this kind of cynical age where I'm like, oh, it's all the same. I've seen that before. I've seen that before. But the truth is, it's good to have that perspective. And even if you don't use that language, you bring it back to the language that you do program in. I do F sharpy stuff in C sharp all the time because it's better code. It's just that style. And so uh, I'm curious to hear what you're about to say. Yes. So what my plan to do uh, is to take one of my existing libraries. The plan is maybe... um, not MVVM helpers, but most likely my Jeffsum, which is a Jeff Goldblum lorem ipsum generator. That's a really easy one uh, to do. It's very, very, very straightforward. Or censored, which is a another library that just censors words that you give it. Uh, oh, that kind of censor. And, censor with a C. Got it. Censorship. Yeah, censorship. Uh, oh, like a sensor. You were thinking. Yeah, we're sensors. doing all this IoT stuff. I'm like, what are you censoring, James? <laughs> a sensor. So I 
built sensor because I believe James Newton King had a script and then I took it and I nougatized it with permission. Ah. And what I would do is uh, if uh, if a tweet came in to the Evolve application and it when I censored it and it would either remove the words or it would say, if a word exists, then don't include this tweet, you know, because Twitter's uncensored. So um, I just kind of did that, that that as a baseline. It's not super duper, you know, um, it's not super duper smart, but it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And my plan here is I like the Jeff someone because there's enums, there's string parsing, there's a bunch of different modes you can put it in. I might do this one. There's uh, CSV parsing, it's kind of nice, uh, part of it too. And my plan here is to learn how to rewrite that library in two programming languages, Frank. Oh, two. I've, this whole time, this has been very mean to me. I've been waiting for you to drop names, and now you're saying there's two names coming? Would you please get to the punchline? Yes. I would like to rebuild these libraries in both Swift and Kotlin. Um, oh, so, going yeah. native. I, mean, no, <laughs> I, I, I want to... Um, see and i think get a fresh perspective of of what these languages offer how they're similar how they're different see how some of the features of c sharp 8 maybe come um along to maybe fill gaps maybe they didn't fill gaps maybe they're things that already existed we had talked many time ago on the podcast about learning languages and it was important it was it's not important and and what we've done in reading books and how you learn languages and how you learn things and for me, I'm very hands-on. So reading a book, doing something, it doesn't really help me that much. I need a goal. I need something to build. That's how I learn. And I believe that taking this library, which already exists, and not just converting it, but um, just rewriting it from scratch, you throwing away my knowledge of what exists. I know the functionality. How do I write it in this language? And, and take my learnings. What did I like about the language? What did I not like a, about the language? And go out of town. I'm still going to be a C-sharp developer every single day of my life because I love C-sharp, but I'm, I'm fascinated in, in these other languages that are more of the native languages. I'm not going to go the Python route. I'm not going to go the, you know, C++, you know, other, the other, you know, other languages that are out there, Go or or Rust. Although I, I would be kind of interested in Go and Rust too. But I guess I'm 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 as a developer, James, I am less fascinated with the web and I'm more fascinated with client development. That that's what I'm yeah. always fascinated in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we we share that. There is no merge conflict there. <laughs> uh, this is great. Yeah. Um, you should definitely keep the functionality as simple as possible so that you can focus on the language and solving it in the most appropriate way in that language. That's a great idea. Simple apps. That, yeah, nothing complicated. But I think you'll be very successful. Um, Cotton and Swift and C Sharp are all essentially the same language. <laughs> there aren't yeah. too many semantic differences between them. The syntax varies, but they're all strongly typed languages. They all have a little bit of type inference, not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, there's a few stylistic differences between them. And obviously their runtimes are dramatically different. And so I think it will be a good learning experience because I think that they're similar enough to what you know 
that you'll be able to spot the differences better and not get caught up in the actual learning process. You'll just, yeah. you'll be able to read the code pretty much immediately is my guess. I kind of want to take bets on which one you're going to prefer, Kotlin or Swift. Uh, do you want me to uh, state my bet? Um, I would like for you to write it down on a piece of paper, take a photo of that piece of paper with a time stamp on it with the clock, and then uh, when I'm done, we can validate what I liked or not liked. I, I literally am going to do that because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have the answer to this. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Okay. What do, other, do you any have other any predictions? For... <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, predictions from me? Uh, yeah. No, I've, since the thing is, I've looked at these languages a lot. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. I may, uh, see, that's the thing is, I didn't really like, I don't like Java. I, uh, Java's fine. Java's <laughs> tedious. I think Kotlin's going to like strip it down, but it's going to be too stripped down. My fear with Kotlin is that it's going to be too minimal, but wow. then maybe Swift will be too similar to what I'm used to. That's kind of my, my fear. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. not positive. Got it. Okay. Taking a picture. We, we, we wrote this one down. It's a, it's in the historical record. So that one's confirmed. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I don't really have too much else. I do have one piece of hardware also talking about little programmable IOT devices. There's one of those that I really love the SB 32. It's not nearly as cool as a metal board. You can't program .NET on it, but you can write terrible C code that crashes every so often with unknown stack traces because the whole stack is written in C. But (laughs) it's a great little device because the one that I got comes with a tiny itsy bitsy little camera attached to it. And so you have a tiny chip with a tiny camera that can talk Wi-Fi. And I literally don't know what to do with it. I'm not really interested in security cameras. I don't care what people are doing outside. Um, But I feel like I can do uh, some other fun things with it, like motion tracking for my little uh, robot that will someday walk or whatever. doesn't really matter. All I want to be able to do is get the stupid thing working because it's been sitting on my desk for a few months now. And I just want to see if I can get any video out of it. I like that. Yeah, the simple one. Like, let me see if this thing still does anything. <laughs> and yeah. then the, the I'll most find... basic function. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll figure out what to do with the video after. But if I can just get a web page up that's streaming video, or just even if I just have to hit refresh constantly, I don't care. I just want to see it working. Very cool. It sounds like we both have way too many hacks, potentially. However, it's all good. Very all different hacks. You know, we had three each, but very different hacks even between us, but even between the things that we were doing ourselves. Yeah. But speaking of pictures with dates and times on them, we should predict which ones we'll actually do and finish. Are we going to tell people or we're just going to leave it up in the air? Nah, we'll we'll tell everyone. Everyone, you can go to mergeconflict.fm this podcast episode you can leave a comment on the bottom and we will read back at the end we won't look at it but we will see your predictions of these even of my swift or kotlin or maybe i just hate all of them you can put your (laughs) predictions on the website or give your feedback on the on the tweet that'll be sent out automatically at merge conflict fm on the twitters and we will we will see those and see them read in i'll be fascinated to see what people think so yeah that sounds perfect holiday hacks way too much stuff my prediction is we both just drink a little too much wine and 
watch some football or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, well, Frank, well, I wish you safe travels and anyone else traveling this holiday season, safe travels as well. And if you have a holiday hack, also feel free to write in. What are you working on? I'd love to know what people are working on and hacking on over the weekend and what you thought you were going to do at the beginning and what you actually got done. I think that that's the fun of the holiday hack. What did you actually get done, <laughs> even if it's nothing? Well, let us know. Go to MergeConflict.fm and hit that contact button. Leave a comment on the show or tweet at us. You know what to do. That's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflicts. So until next time. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.